Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing fantastic. Paul, let's hear about your trip. You were away. Yes, yes. Much needed break. Uh... And uh, had a lot of fun with the family. We went to a road trip, like we talked about. We didn't quite do Vermont, like I mentioned on a previous uh, podcast. But we did uh, do a road trip, and we went up to uh, Lake George, New York. Um, had a lot of fun. My, f- I, I don't want to say it's my first time there. I was there as a kid. Uh, and, and now I'm back with the family. And uh, we just had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of swimming, uh, kayaking, visits to the town, shopping, some good food. Um, so overall, it was a good trip. How was your week, Jody? Oh, the week was great. You know, getting getting back into the swing of things and uh, getting ready for school. Uh, getting, I think, both physically and psychologically ready for school. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, yes. Um, you know, and if you don't laugh, you're going to cry because um, – it's 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 everyone's got their challenges with school this year whether they're going to be going in person or they're going to be doing remote or a combination of the two um you know i have a high degree of confidence in my kids uh they have their brains really well wrapped around what they need to do um they themselves expressed an interest in wanting to go back to class so we're going to try that Uh, I'm confident in their ability to wear their mask and do all the things that they need to do. We went to the walkthroughs of the schools this this past week. Um, So we're going to see what happens. But um, I I would like to approach it from this perspective, Paul, that if everybody follows the rules and everybody does what they're supposed to do, we should not should not air quotes Mm -hmm. have any or many problems. If people are going to be like cowboys and think they don't need to wear a mask and think they don't need to sit six feet apart and think they don't need it on and on and on, then it's going to be it's it's just going to drive right off the cliff. So let's just hope that everybody can, you know, be adults about this. Yeah, I, I, I concur. Um, for us, we're just we're doing a wait and see attitude. The first several weeks are all remote anyway, and then they start going back to school. So we haven't dug deep into the process yet, but. Our start uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day, so we're looking forward to it. Um, so with that, we'll jump in. So today's topic will be focused on home maintenance, how to protect and respect your home. But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. The first one is from the Seattle Times, and um, the headline is, Where to Splurge? Where to Save on Home Maintenance? And so... Looking at this, um, so I guess it talks about where you want to splurge and where you want to save when it comes to home maintenance. And it talks about splurging on replacing windows, repairing or replacing the roof, cleaning the gutters, and then save on uh, smoke detectors and programmable thermostats and such. I think for me, I agree with most of the article, except for the fancy thermostats and the tile materials. I know that... um, for me, I like the fancier thermostats. We're coming back from vacation. I was able to log into my phone and and turn the air conditioning back on from from a rest stop on the way home, two hours away. So we got home to a cool house, which I thought was cool. So I think that could be worth the extra $100 for the thermostat or whatever that is. The second one is tile materials. For me, Jody, uh, we had tile uh, in our kitchen floor that was a cheaper grade tile that cracked over time. So we went for, and this is, we didn't put it in. It was when we bought the house. So we just put tile in a couple of years ago now, and it's been rock solid. Just a really good tile, but we went for a more expensive tile. So sometimes you get what you pay for, and I don't quite agree with the article when it comes to tile materials. You want to get something that's very durable. You might have to pay more for it um, in order to get the, the more expensive tile. But overall, I thought it was a good article. Jody, what was your take on this? Yeah, I like the spirit of the article. You know, you got to figure out places that you're going to invest your money into your home and you can figure out other places where you can cut back a little bit. Um, Just jumping down to the programmable thermostat, I don't know where this person is shopping for their programmable thermostat because mine cost me 25 bucks. And it's not (laughs) it's not the one that you talked about, Paul, the Wi-Fi one, which I think is very cool. I love my tech. 
but uh, I I do not have a, uh, a Wi-Fi thermostat. I just have your basic, you know, vanilla uh, thermostat, and it costs me 25 bucks, and it keeps my house uh, pl- plenty cool. So I don't know where this guy is buying his programmable thermostat for $100 if it's not a Wi-Fi thermostat. <laughs> Understood. That's it. That said. Um, I, like I said, I like the spirit of this. You got to figure out it's going to be different for everybody, right? You got to figure out where you're going to invest your money, where you're going to save your money. Uh, I would say the, that I, I do agree on the concept here where he's talking about windows and roofs and gutters. It, to me, if you're going to put it in, if it's supposed to go into your house once in, a, you know, in 30 years, spend the money on it. Don't cheap out on something you're supposed to put in once in 30 years. Uh, you know, separately, Something you're going to either replace frequently, you may want to spend a little less money on. They're talking about, you know, filters and uh, uh, smoke detect. Well, you know what? Smoke detector, you want a good one. You want a reliable one. That's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think every, it's going to be different for everybody. Figure out where you need to spend and where you need to save. Yeah. I mean, one last note, which I neglected to talk about, was the trimming of the trees. So we have some trees in our backyard, and I have to agree that those could be expensive. Um, I had um, a shared, I had a tree that when we first moved in was on my neighbor's property, uh, big overgrown tree. And at one point I put the new fence in two weeks later, we had a storm uh, and a big limb fell from their tree and crashed right into my fence. And I had to rebuild my fence, right? Uh, that section. Um, and, and so it was interesting. So for me, um, he, he consequently took that tree down, which has been great. I have two large trees in my backyard that are mine and and two behind me that are owned by my neighbor. Um, But I do make the investment and I call, maybe it's more insurance than an investment. I I pay the insurance to get my trees trimmed whenever I'll be out in the backyard. I'm like, "Ah, I better get these people back, right? And I found a good tree trimming service, bonded, certified. Uh, They bring the the tree trimmer. When they finish uh, trimming your tree, you don't even know they were there right? Your, your driveway. I mean, that's what you're looking for is that kind of professional grade type people. Um, I would try to avoid getting the tree trimmers off of Facebook or off of uh, <laughs> Craigslist yeah, you because you, we want people that are bonded, insured, um, actually have a business. Uh, otherwise, you could you could um, wind up costing you a lot more than, than you're um, anticipating. But for me, it was interesting because I got cables in the trees now. Like I take care of the trees. The one frustrating about the thing about trimming trees is in the end, it, you're not really getting much, right? You're it's like getting a, a haircut for your around your house, right? Like it's it's nice, but then it's going to grow back and it doesn't add any uh, it's not like getting a new spending money on a new patio set or getting a new gas grill, right? Like you trim the trees, you go in the backyard, okay, they're trimmed. You spend all this money and they're trimmed. But it is an insurance policy, and and it could uh, save your life too, especially if the trees are very close to your house. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Jody. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to trimming trees like that, I think uh, every homeowner should be able to do the smaller stuff themselves, and then invest money in the bigger stuff. And especially when it comes to trimming trees, I mean, when you're going high up or you're dealing with big, heavy limbs and even trunks, you may want to to hire a professional. Yeah. I've taken down plenty of trees in my in my day. But I will only go so big, <laughs> you know, and then I know, OK, I need a professional for this one. That's right. I mean, if you go to YouTube and, and, and Google tree trimming mishaps, you'll see what can happen. I uh, don't even want to see that video. <laughs> you'll see what will happen. So um, the next news story is from the Daily World. Uh, basic home maintenance saves you money in the long run. Um, for me, I, I agree with this, uh, especially with the washing and cleaning. Uh, last year, I did pay last year for a cleaning company to come, and I'm going to use the word gently wash my vinyl fence and siding. I've I've done a lot of research on this, and uh, pressure washing of vinyl could do irreparable damage to the vinyl. Uh, it takes off the finish. Um, so I do not use a power washer on my uh, vinyl siding or my vinyl fencing. Uh, I found a company that uses this um, non-pressurized way of, of cleaning and they get up on the ladders. And once again, it was worth every cent uh, to get them to come and do it gently and the house looked much better. And and even today, it looks still looks good. Uh, two years, I th- you know, a year later, it still looks pretty clean. Uh, but Jody, what's your take on this story? I read the headline, basic home maintenance saves you money in the long run, and said, yes, 
It does. <laughs> I absolutely agree. And I think with that, we could probably go straight into the podcast, Paul. <laughs> absolutely. And on to our weekly topic, right? Uh, home maintenance, how to protect and respect your home. Uh, we have done episodes on home repairs in the past and major renovations, but this episode, we wanted to focus on general maintenance exclusively. Um, and, and I think what prompted me to do this, Jody, was looking at my kids' um, jungle gym in the backyard Mm-hmm. I have not maintained it, and I'm seeing it now, and I probably paid the price. It might be beyond what it needs in terms of sealing and restaining and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to try at some point to kind of give it one last shot, but I think I let it go too long, right? So I'm not great when it comes to home maintenance. I tend to let things go a little bit too long. The trees might get a little overgrown. Um, the siding gets a little too dirty, um, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I but um, when it comes to like uh, tools and and, and equipment, like I have a snowblower that I bought. Now I'm going back. I bought it October 2004 and I'm probably going to jinx myself. So I better knock some wood. But I treat it like a Harley Davidson. Right. I got a cover for it. I got touch up paint um, during the summer on a Saturday. Flames on a side too. not quite flames. But I, (laughs) I, I really meticulously take care of this thing. And if you looked at my snowblower, Jody, you would think, wow, that thing is like a couple of years old. And nice. it's really ancient at this point. It's over 15 years old. And it's just because I I take care of the thing. I don't, you know, I don't leave it in, in weather. And after I'm finished with it, when I blow snow, I bring it into the garage. I let it dry out. I towel it off. I, 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 I make sure all the snow is away from it. And and I just take care of it, right? You and put I a think, blanket around it at night. Oh, I have my I have my cover. I have my cover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because when I was buying the fence, the vinyl fencing for the backyard, I did so much research on it. My buddy Bill Brown, um, he told me, uh, and this was many many years ago, and he, he and he caught me off guard. We were at lunch like after a weekend. He's like, uh, "Were you outside? Uh, how was the weekend?" I was like, oh, "I was pretty good." You out there waxing the fence? <laughs> he said to me. <laughs> Because he knows me, right? And, and that's the problem, though. After a while, now my fence, I take care of it, but I do let the maintenance go a little bit too long. It depends on the item, right? So we we pay a maintenance contract for our uh, whole house generator, and I also have a maintenance contract for our heating and cooling system. So they do maintenance on those units mm-hmm. once a year, twice a year, uh, to make sure that they're running and they're operational. Um I did let my driveway, conversely, uh, go a little too long. And when I got it sealed, they, they tried to seal the cracks as best they could. But it looks kind of like a spider web now, right? Yeah, Where if I had yeah. kept up with it, maybe it would have been better, right? And, and so even my, my lawn now looks like uh, crap since I started trying to do my own fertilizer. When I was paying for uh, uh, people to come in and do the fertilization of the lawn, it definitely looked better, right? So... Um, and now I'm at the point just this past week, we're looking at getting some Mason work done. I have a little, I have a retaining wall and some, some slate in the walkway that needs to be leveled and adjusted. So to me, in reality, the home is not an investment, uh, but rather it's kind of a defensive play. You need it because you have to bring your family up in it. And, And this is for another whole other podcast, but you'll, you'll hear people that they'll talk about the home as an investment and I can vehemently uh, deny that if you if you've made money off your home it, I think it came down to timing of when you bought your home but to me if you really calculate the purchase price of the home plus all the stuff you put into it I put fences in and gutter guards and multiple tree trimmings and multiple washing of the house and and driveway seals and eventually a new new roof and heating and air and you add up that whole bill I'm not sure if it's really an investment uh, and people will disagree with me. And if you do, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com and let me know or post it to the Facebook page. But I really don't see it as an investment. I really see it as something that you need to, to house your family for a defined period of time until you could retire and downsize. And that's been my philosophy on it. So I don't anticipate making any money on my home, but I do have to do a better job in maintaining some areas of it. I do maintain some areas well, and I maintain other areas not so well. So there's some lesson learned from both. Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to home maintenance? And I know you were excited when I posted this topic. So I'm I'm anxious to hear about your situation. Well, yeah, just a quick note there on your philosophy on the investment. I can see your point of view. uh, And certainly when you drill down on the word investment, 
if you're evaluating your house as, okay, I'm going to buy it for this and sell it for that, yeah, pr probably the majority of us that have bought in the last 15 or so years are probably not going to make that big windfall when we go to sell it because I cannot see my you know, typical suburban house for what we bought it doubling or tripling <laughs> in the next 20 years uh, the way it has the, the, you know, in the prior 20 years when, when houses went from, I mean, literally, I think the house that I grew up in, in the seventies, uh, my parents' house, I think they bought it for $30,000, which was probably a lot of money at the time. And now they're that house, they don't live in it anymore, but that house, uh, I think sold for about 500 or 600,000. And it's still a modest, you know, middle of the road, uh, uh, house, suburban house. Um, to go from thirty thousand to five, even five, even three hundred thousand um, dollars—that's a huge jump. I don't see my house taking the same percentage jump. So I can understand your perspective there on on the investment part of it, Paul. Um, but what I do see my house is as, and I and I think you started to hit on this, Paul, is it's the it's the place that you live, and you need to live for an extended period of time for decades. While you're while you're living there, you're raising your family. You're living there maybe after your kids are gone, and and however else. Um, and so it is an investment in yourself. Right. Our house was built in 1950. It's 70 plus years old. And I know that if I don't take care of it, it is going to fall down around me. Um, the bones, as they say, are good. But everything on the outside, man, is just exposed to the weather. Um, and, you, and it's only a matter of time. If you don't maintain it, it's just going to rot away. Um, you know, I've done a lot of projects over the years. I've gutted and rebuilt bathrooms. I've taken down walls. I do electric, plumbing, paint, molding. Outside the house, I've cut down, you know, 50-foot trees. I've trimmed trees. I seeded the lawn for the first time in my life this year. I grew grass in a place where there wasn't anything. I was a little proud of myself. That's cool. Uh, but the point is, is that I'll do anything, and mostly because I'm very specific when it comes to my house. I want it to look good. I want it to last. I want it to work the way I want it, and I want to get it done on my schedule. So. That's a little high maintenance, but I know that that's the way I am. And so I've had to take all that stuff into my own hands. Um, I have dozens of reminders in my computer that pop up every Saturday, right? Okay, today's the day to do this. Today's the day to do that. You know, whether it's whether it's maintain the dishwasher, make sure because we had a leak in the dishwasher one year and I figured out the only reason was because all the gunk got clogged up inside the dishwasher. So that's a regular maintenance thing that I have to do. A few years ago, we had... Um, uh, a really nasty uh, bee issue outside uh, and found out that they had made a nest up in the uh, the attic vents in the roof. So I climb up there on a regular basis and I change the vents and then I climb up there on a regular base basis and do bug spray up there to keep them from rebuilding those nests. Um, you know, trimming back bushes, making sure that, you know, I don't have tree branches falling into my electrical wires, things like that. And I rotate these jobs every week to make sure that I'm never doing too much because I can get carried away. I can start, you know, I, I can literally wake up in the morning, uh, you know, over the breakfast table and say to my wife, ah, I'm just going to do this one quick thing outside. And fast forward nine hours later, the sun is going down and I'm still outside digging a ditch. <laughs> I can just go. Um, and so I have to make sure that I rein it in and my kids aren't playing Fortnite all day. Um, budget wise, I also have a separate savings account that I draft money into regularly. Uh, it's another line item in our budget and it's just this pile of cash. It's not huge, but it's this pile of cash over to the side for when I need to buy, um, you know, things like the new water filter for the refrigerator, which, you know, is not expensive, but, but it's there. And if, when it pops up, it can throw things off. Um, air conditioner filters, furnace filters, uh, light bulbs, uh, you know, all that kind of rotation stuff, you name it. Um, and, and I make sure that I always have a little pile of money there that I can dip into. Um, I think back to when I was a teenager and I, and I read this book called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And Paul, you were, we were talking about your snowblower. Let's talk about <laughs> snowblower maintenance, right? Um, it was this great book about a father and a son who took a motorcycle trip across the country. Um, and it was all about their relationship and everything else. But one of the key takeaways was that across uh, throughout the entire book and over the entire trip, they were constantly working on maintaining their motorcycles. And the key takeaway was that if they didn't maintain the motorcycle, they were going to break down in the middle of nowhere and they were going to be screwed. 
Um, and Zen, as people who have studied it will know, Zen is the act of doing something so fluidly and so regularly that you just do it without any effort at all. Um, you know, there's another uh, another book, Zen and the Art of Archery, where the, the, the concept is, you know, the archer, when they get Zen-like about the act of shooting the, the arrow, that it becomes so fluid that they don't even realize that they're doing it. Um, and so that's the approach that I kind of take to my home maintenance. I schedule it, I budget it, I get it done, it happens, and I actually enjoy it too because I kind of, you know, it's my, it's one of my things. Like I, I just, I enjoy the act of putting effort uh, and putting time into maintaining the house and making it look and feel the way I want it to. That is very cool. And uh, a bunch of things that I had kind of jotted down. I wish I had your energy. Um, I, I guess for me, I have to learn from, you know, some really great call outs around the scheduling and around the budgets. I think that's awesome. Um, uh, and also doing it right. I think I kind of fail in all three categories, <laughs> to be honest with you, I can do a better job at it. Uh, but one other thing I wanted to touch upon and, and around this whole investment of the home thing. Yeah, I, it really does sometimes I think come down to the luck. I know for me, um, uh, to your point, I, I'm not my home. I'm not selling it. I'll be lucky to get what I what I put into it mm-hmm. in yeah. the end. I mean, I, I, you know, I, that, think, most, that's, I think most of us will. I mean, you know, well, I, I think that there are some people that depending on how you, you know, like real estate people will tell you. You make money on the buy, right? So if you bought the house right or you were able to buy the house a certain way at a certain price point, you can make money, right? And that happens, right? We have friends of ours that will do well when they sell their home because yeah, they absolutely. just they yep. happen to either buy it right or they're in a neighborhood that all of a sudden exploded. Whatever that is, whatever that factor is, whether it's timing, luck, growth of the neighborhood, growth, whatever that is, they've done well for me. I know I won't, right? And people will will debate that with me. But if I show you the numbers, and that's, like I said, it's for another podcast, my home's not an investment. So I think with that, we'll a, mon- we'll... a monetary investment. That's a right. Monet- yeah, right. Yeah. A monetary investment. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we could call it. Yeah, it's not a monetary investment for me, and that's part of the reason why um, I was anxious to pay my home off because I didn't want to put any more money into this home that I had to. In terms of interest, right? I don't yeah. want to pay any more than I Super have smart. to because to me, I go back to it's a defensive play. I need a house because I need to stay dry. I need a house because I need to put my stuff. I need a house because I need a kitchen and I need to feed my family and I need a place to call home, right? But that's 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 what it really is for, right? So I, I didn't want to put any more money into this thing than I have to because um, in the end, when, when it's all said and done – when the kids are ready to go to college and we don't need this size home anymore, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to, you know, uh, lick our wounds, take our loss and move on. That will be what we'll do, but we know we've had to do it. So that's my rant for the day and I'll, I'll leave it at that. So um, whew, I'm a little winded there, but uh, let's get on to the discussion, the discussion and the different topics, right? So the first one is uh, an awesome set of tools. And for, for those of you that know movie quotes, you'll figure out what that is. But for me, I've made the investment into tools, whether they're power tools or hand tools. Uh, when I first started uh, living in an apartment, I knew that at some point I needed to get a good hammer and a good set of pliers, whatever that is. And then, I, then when I bought the house, I knew I needed to get a snowblower. I bought a pressure washer. I bought um, uh, clippers to clip to clip clip hedges, stuff like that. Right. So for me. I've always made the investment into the tools, but more importantly, I've always kept them clean and maintained. And and what I mean by that is, you know, regular oil changes in the uh, power tools like the um, the motorized, like the snowblower and the and the pressure washer. Um, making sure that when I finish using a tool, I wipe it down, put it away. Uh, tools like um, like the like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the the, the hedge clippers I have a pair of uh, like clippers that I use yeah, the hedge trimmers yeah I have a hedge trimmer but I also have the clippers the shears the clipping shears oh, the, the shears. big oh, ones sure, sure. and so I you bought them about hand tools and yeah power yeah tools. yeah and like when I finish when I and I'm just gonna call it out when I when I use this clipper I bought these clippers and they were like fifteen dollars at Walmart ten years ago right I bought these clippers every time I use it you know you you trim a limb or you tr- and you 
you look at the edge and around the edge you'll, you'll see like you know the, the the sap and the juices that are coming out of the tree when you cut and before i put it back on on, on the hook in the garage i get a can of wd-40 i spray a little bit into the uh into a paper towel and i wipe and I make sure that it's well lubricated right a lot of wd-40 around the edges i wipe my hand tools down with wd-40 if it's been near water and stuff like that so i really really try to maintain my tools and to be honest with you the same hammer i bought these things in 02 right and if you treat these tools well they'll last you a very very long time i, I the hammer I, the hammer that i have right here in my garage that i'm staring at right now i got when i was 19 years old yeah yeah just take care of it great great hammer yeah love yeah. it you leave it in the backyard in the dirt guess what Forget it. it's gonna rot out it's gonna rot out the handle's gonna rot it's gonna get rusted and pitted um you're gonna have problems so jody what is your take when it comes to the awesome set of tools and keeping those tools awesome i i fully agree with you i think um everybody i mean first of all everybody should have basic tools right you mentioned screwdriver pliers hammer you know all basic stuff because you need to know how to change a light bulb, even if you're living in an apartment, even if you're renting. You need to know how to do those basic things. You can't be calling a super, you know, to fix uh, a screw that's loose. <laughs> you can do that yourself. Um, when you graduate to a house, you must, must be handy. Um, otherwise, you are gonna, you're gonna go broke hiring people to come in and do things in your house. And this is just my perspective that you can do yourself. Um, you know, basic stuff. You, you know, and again, it comes down to like, you know, the screwdriver and the, you know, or the, or the screwdriver drill, right? I mean, you don't have to know how to frame a wall, but you, you need to know how to use a, a basic, you know, a, a, a powered screwdriver, right? A power drill. Um, you know, I have a whole bunch of tools. I have a miter saw and I have a, I wish I had a table saw, but I don't. I have, you know, a reciprocating saw and I have all kinds of stuff. I have a chainsaw and uh, I got rid of my snowblower actually because uh, it was a gas-powered sl- snowblower and I didn't want to mess with it. Uh, it, it. It had broken down for the second time and I knew it was going to cost me another $100 to get it fixed. So I, was, so I sold it um, and I took the money and I invested it into, uh, into an electric. Um, same thing with a chainsaw. Uh, but you've got to have – if you're going to be in a house – um, and I agree with you, Paul, if you're going to be in a house, you got to understand how to maintain that house. And that means having a basic understanding of some simple tools to, to fix the things that will repeatedly break on you. Um, tightening, like I said, tightening a screw, changing a light bulb, fixing a door lock. Um, you know, and then in some cases, um, you know, you, you know, uh, climbing up on the roof, you know, or fixing a gutter that's out of pitch or, cutting back the bushes or, you know, some basic gardening or, you know, whatever. I mean, I hire a guy to cut my lawn just because I don't want to spend three hours a week cutting my lawn. Um, you know, and it's 40 bucks a week and it's just the price I pay. But but that's a good trade off for me because then I don't need a lawnmower and an edger and a this and a that. And I put all the time and money into maintaining all of those those uh, tools, which is really, really important. And Paul, it's such a great call out that you maintain the things that you own because they will fail you if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, it's funny you were talking about handiness and you have to be handy. Uh, my my late father was not handy. He used to bring people in to hang pictures um, in the house. <laughs> so it's, it was, it's tough. It's, it it, he just wasn't handy at all. And and I think you're on the other end of the spectrum. As soon as you said get on the roof, I was like, oh my god, I'm not getting on the roof. But <laughs> but for me. Well, that's just me. Yeah, for me, I think I split the middle in handiness. Um, so for me, I have the tools. Um, I remember, you know, uh, cars is another thing. I don't know if you want to include cars in here, but uh, God, God bless my brother. He's helped me and my family with cars for forever, right? Um, and so I remember one time uh, I called him and I said, you know, uh, my wife's car wasn't starting. You know, I, I read him the symptoms. He said it was the battery. Sure enough, it was the battery. He came over with the battery and tried to put it in. And I had like no tools right, to do the battery change, like sockets and wrenches and stuff like that. So he was using pliers or whatever. He got it on, right? But that upcoming birthday, um, I got a box he gave me for my, for my birthday. And, and it was very heavy. And it was a full 120-piece socket and wrench set from craftsman ah, nice. and that thing is killer and i use it all the time so i think the word that yep. comes into mind when it comes to good tools is repeatability 
you wind up using these things all the time. So for me, I have to admit I am a tool person. Like if I need a certain tool for something, I will go buy it. I don't want to borrow it. I want to buy it because I want to have it because I think eventually I'm going to need it once again. So I have a really good set of tools. And once in a while, I'll go to Home Depot and I'll go there for garbage bags and I'll wind up, wind up walking out with uh, vice grips, which is a true story. Um, How does that happen? It just happens, <laughs> right? So for me, um, I have built this nice set of tools that – and I've helped out friends and family where I bring my toolbox over and I have the tool for the job. And I just like having them. And once again, I maintain those tools, whether it's a hand tool or a power tool. I really maintain it. But for me, I sit in the middle of the spectrum. Um, so there are certain things I will attempt to do myself and other things I just don't do. Uh, my wife is the same way. Believe it or not, my wife is a really good painter. Like She has no problem tackling painting jobs, which I think was amazing. And so is my son. I really do have to put my 16-year-old to work a little bit more. But, um, but it is funny how um, some of us are very handy while others are not. My father was not handy at all. So, But I think... The more handy you are, the cheaper it will be to own your home. I think that's what comes into play. So. Absolutely. And and think of this, too. You know, if you have a, a decent enough – look, everybody's different, right? Not everybody's going to be like me and climb up on the roof and, you know, patch something or whatever. Um, but if you have a decent enough knowledge of, of how to operate some basic tools and fix some basic things that, you, like you said, Paul, repeatability, they're going to break – continually you know like we have a we have a a, a a door handle up in our bathroom right that is constantly coming loose um and all i gotta do is grab a screwdriver and just tighten it down can you imagine if i had to call somebody to tighten that screw every time every three months when it came loose i i'd pay two hundred dollars for a guy to come in and tighten a screw i mean that's just it's it's ridiculous but it's also ridiculous Right, you got to know these basic things. Absolutely, and you have to buy the right tool for the job. Um, I, I know someone who bought a snowblower, and they bought a snowblower um, that was, um, you know, it's all horsepower based. But he very he bought a very small snowblower for his house, which had a very long driveway, and they get heavy snow, and he wound up having it like for a month and a half, two months, and he had to bring it back to the store, sell it back to them to buy a bigger snowblower with more horsepower oh. right oh with a bigger mouth on it so to me if you're gonna buy and when i remember when i bought my snowblower uh i took my brother to the store with me and we're looking at the different snowblowers and i was getting enamored by the the one that had a headlight and had a joystick to move the the shoot around and for those of you who are not familiar with with snowblowers you could really get them really optioned out right uh, like you know with headlights and all kinds of stuff and I remember when I was looking at them and my brother just gravitated towards one, which is the one I own today. And he said, that's just more stuff to break, right? Headlights and joysticks. He goes, I, he goes, look at this one. Nice brass. You just twirl it and it moves the chute for you. You're not using this every day. It's something you're going to use, but you want something that's solid. And sure enough, he was right. Uh, I use a little bit of WD-40, a little bit of grease on the wheels. Whenever I finish it, I wipe it down, like I said. WD-40 the blade on the bottom of the scraper. Uh, now I'm getting really detailed, right, Jody? But I do. And and the thing lasts, right? It, it just lasts a long time. And and hopefully, knock wood, it'll last me a little longer. I've already gotten 15 plus years out of it. So I'm very, I'm looking forward to, uh, to keeping it a little while longer. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about is kind of your favorite uh, stuff to keep around the home. I'm going to say WD-40. I mentioned that a couple of times. Duct tape, another thing. Awesome set of tools. Jody, is there anything else you would add to that list in terms of key products or key tools that you would keep around that are a must-have necessity? Flex seal. Flex seal. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. I have, I have a leaky roof. Uh, it's It's got two layers up there. It's a minimum of 10 and probably more like going on 20 years old. Uh, it's been overdue to get changed out. And so I've got a couple spots that historically had leaked. Um, I got up there uh, a couple years ago and I do regular maintenance on it too with some aluminum flashing. Uh, part, part of the problem is that the, the people that the previous owners hired to install the gutters did not put a drip edge on the, the roof. Uh, and those of you who know roofing know what a drip edge is. It basically keeps the water out of your roof. 
<laughs> and gets it down into the gutter. Instead, they just ran the shingles down the roof and they dumped them into the gutter. So the edges of the, the, the shingles get all nice and brittle and flaky and they peel right off in my hand. And then the water runs up under the roof. So I got up there with some aluminum flashing, basically created a drip edge. It's not a great drip edge, but it does the job. And then gummed it up with Flex Seal. Man, that stuff is like, I don't know if anybody ever saw the, the movie version of the book, um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And in the very beginning of the movie, Flint Lockwood goes in front of his uh, grammar school or high school class, and he says that he's invented um, spray-on shoes, and he sprays them on his feet, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll pull the clip. Um, Flex Seal is that. <laughs> it's it's just, very cool. It's, this, it's awesome stuff. I love it. It has sealed up my roof to the uh, until we can get a new one. That Buy is Flex Seal. That is awesome. That is awesome. And they have tape. They have tape. They have all kinds of products, not just the thing that comes in a can. They have tape. They have all different kinds of things. Flex Seal, if you'd like to advertise on the Financial Dads, please let us know. I was just about to say, we, we've been plugging the heck out of them, and, and I'm glad to hear uh, a good endorsement of the product, uh, which you said something that was interesting. You were talking about getting on the roof and, and setting up the, the drip edge and stuff like that. And one thing that I was thinking of was the whole thing of YouTube, right? Because if you don't know how to do any of these things, you could go to YouTube now, and I know I've gone to it for complex fixes uh i'll say complex for me but i would go there and they would show me how to take apart a doorknob or take apart this or that or electrical outlets so jody what's your view when it comes to uh the digital age and youtube in terms of I helping you with home maintenance fantastic. yeah it's fantastic you just need to be careful and it, it's really easy to know which people to believe and which ones not you know the ones that have decent production value in their videos, you can probably believe them. If the video starts and it's like, hey, I'm here to teach you how to dig a ditch. You've, we've all seen those videos. Don't don't use those videos. Don't believe those guys. They're they're funny, <laughs> but they're not. Don't don't watch those guys. Watch the ones that have some some value. Even the ones that are trying to sell you something. They'll still give you some good knowledge. Right. Right. And I think I, I think that is key. Right. I think for us and for me, um, the few the few videos that I saw, they've always worked out well. And I think that's a good call out. You want to look for something that's more professional quality. Um, I think I talked this about this on a episode a long time ago. And now I'm going to bring it back was my uh, garage door opener situation. Right. Where the, the garage door opener chain uh, fell off. Right. And. Ouch. Um, or it was loose, right? So I tried to tighten it. But then I turned a simple repair into a complex replacement. That's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it never it, happened. Yeah, yeah. So so beware. And and if I think if I had looked at a YouTube video and had a little more knowledge on it. I might have done it the right way because sure enough, when I looked at YouTube after as an afterthought to take a look at how to tighten up a garage door chain, it warned me of what I did, uh, but it was after I did it. So, so it was okay. At the end of the day, we got a quieter um, uh, garage door opener. So I think that was, uh, it worked out well. Once again, first world problems, right? Uh, it's so, funny you mentioned that because we just, we're getting in it. We just ordered a new one. So I got to put that in next weekend. So I will, I will make sure to watch a couple of videos myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I'm going to switch gears again, and we're going to go into maintenance services. We touched upon them at the beginning of the podcast, and I mentioned for your HVAC, for your uh, heating and cooling. I mentioned it for my generator. Um, I, you mentioned it for landscaping. I use it for landscaping. I use it also for uh, – we have an in-ground sprinkler system um, that came with the house, uh, but I do have to maintain that. So I have a, a company that comes in and checks it out and, and blows out the lines at the end of each season so the pipes don't freeze, the PVC underneath. That is underneath. absolutely necessary. Oh yeah, my there's so many different things that you need to do. Um, so when it comes to maintenance services, it's a necessary evil. Uh, maybe not evil. That's not the right word. It, once again, it's a defensive play, right? It, you need those services because some of these things you, you just don't want to tackle yourself if, you don't, if you're not handy enough or don't have enough knowledge on it. Right. So like, for instance, my brother is never going to get uh, well, I shouldn't take I should take that back. So even maintenance on cars, but that's probably for another maintenance contracts for cars. That's another podcast. I'm going to scratch that. But um, for me, I have these services in place and it's just part of the cost of doing business. Right. I pay my monthly for the landscaping. I pay my 
twice yearly for my generator I pay, uh, monthly for my HVAC, system maintenance. Um, and I just I just do it, and it's just worth the cost of, of – it's part of the cost of doing business. Uh, Jody, what's your take when it comes to maintenance services? Yeah, I think uh, – fully agreed. Number one, I think you need to understand and appreciate and admit the scope of what you can and can't do, right? Know your limitations. Um, and also, you know, when it comes down to certain things, like know what you don't feel like doing. And, you know, I use the example of the landscaping. I could cut my grass myself if I wanted to. Um, but I can afford to hire a landscaper to come quickly cut and edge the grass so I don't have to spend two or three hours every weekend doing that and own all the tools to do that. Um, so I pay someone to do it. Um, same thing with uh, we have the in-ground uh, uh, sprinkler system, too. I have the contract on our on our HVAC system as well. They come in and, they, you know, they not only do they inspect it, make sure it's working properly, they tune it up a little bit. And again, that's a sort of me understanding that, wow, this is a whole different area of knowledge that I really are an expertise that I really don't have. And so I'm going to let someone else handle it. Um, that said, whenever somebody comes into my house to perform some kind of thing like that, I am always looking over their shoulder one, because I want to make sure they're, you know, they're not screwing something up, even though I might not know what they're doing. I, I still want to watch them and get a vibe off of them to make sure that they're doing, doing things right. And to make sure that something doesn't feel wrong. And two, I'm trying to teach myself. I'm trying to learn. Um, you know, I, uh, was digging a hole in my front lawn to transplant a bush back in the spring. Uh, conveniently sliced right through one of my sprinkler lines, my in-ground <laughs> sprinkler lines, and I had to call a guy to come put a patch on it. Well, when he came, I watched what he did, and I'm like, that's it? I could have done that. And now, next time I – well, hopefully I won't. <laughs> but next time I, sl I slice through one of my lines, I know I can just do it myself. Um, so it's that kind of thing too. It's sort of like in-person YouTube. We talked about YouTube videos before. Um, that's the other thing is, you know, have a curiosity about the way your house works. Have a curiosity about what is involved, and then you can better evaluate maybe what you're capable of doing, what's inside your skill set, or what you could kind of teach yourself and get by with, and what you really need to bring a professional in for. You know, and we use the example of the cutting down the giant tree. I've, I've got a big 70-foot tree in the back of my house that I need cut down. I am not taking that down myself. But I very readily and almost spontaneously back in the fall, fall, whenever it was, um, took down like about seven or nine trees on the side of my house that were much smaller um, and chopped them up and had a landscaping crew come and take them away. Um, I know what I can do and what I can't do, what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of, and then what I can teach myself in, in between. Um, and so that's how I approach home maintenance. Yeah, all, all great stuff. I mean, I remember when I first bought my house, I bought this book from the Home Depot, the Home Improvement 123. And it's very interesting because I was reading it. And we've used it from time to time. I, I guess this is sort of pre-YouTube if, if you know, or early years of YouTube. I had bought this book, but it did come in handy uh, for, for, for lightweight maintenance and home repairs and stuff like that. And once again, thankful and grateful um, I have a landscaper as well, and, and once again, I'm, I'm happy and thankful and grateful I can have someone come in and I can pay for these maintenance uh, items so I don't have to burn a lot of time doing them. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about and bring up is like beyond the maintenance of um, some of these, these big ticket items, um, are you do you do any kind of home protection plan or anything like that, Jody? I know I don't. I've seen like not plugging them, but like Home Shield, there was a bunch of these, and people swear by them. I haven't used them. For me, when an appliance breaks, um, I do try to get it repaired, and if the repair is too costly or the estimate's too costly, then I'll forego it and buy a new appliance. But what is what is your take when it comes to this, these Home Shield type services where uh, you pay a certain amount per month and it maintains your entire home, so to speak, from a repair perspective? Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to burn money. Um, I just don't, I don't see you getting the value out of that. I mean, unless you're completely inept and you literally don't know which end of a screwdriver to pick up. I think that that is just a, a gigantic waste of money. Um, because things are not going to break, um, at, at the, at the pace that I think that you would get value out of a contract like that. And I've never used one. Uh, like like you, Paul, I've, I've heard about them, I've read about them, but I've never used them. Um, and so I don't have firsthand knowledge of it, but it just sounds like uh, I, I could do things cheaper and faster and better than than uh, that type of contract would would 
do for me. Yeah, I think I like your idea where you just escrow the money you would pay to a service like that into a into a yeah, uh, savings account. Yeah, it's not much. I mean, I put it's ten dollars a week. I put ten. It's like putting ten dollars a week in an envelope, right? And it's not, I, you know, and I'm not going to I'm not going to make a major investment with that money, but I'm going to buy light bulbs. Why? Because light bulbs burn out. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm going to buy a water filter from my refrigerator because every six months that light goes on in the water on the refrigerator. You know, and I know I need to lay out 30 or whatever it is dollars for a new water filter. $30 isn't going to break me, but I know that the money is in an envelope. And so that money over the course of, well, let's, let, you know, you do the math. It's $520 a year. You're going to spend $520 a year maintaining your home on water filters and air filters and light bulbs and whatever else breaks. So why not? Yep. I agree. Absolutely. I, I think the last topic I'll touch upon today is cleaning and maintaining both the interior and exterior. Um, for me, uh, if you go into my backyard, I have uh, a grill cover. I have furniture covers for the patio furniture. Um, we, I bought a, a, a new cover for the fire pit that we have. Um, so I try to maintain certain pieces well. And once again, certain things I don't do so well. Um, I think overall I could do a better job of keeping both the exterior and the interior of the home cleaner. Um, and, and keep, when I mean clean, like it's not filthy, but just, I got a lot of stuff and sometimes it's just easier. It's harder to work around some of the stuff, uh, clutter, I'll use the word clutter. Uh, but, but in general, I'm a big believer if you can, and, and this is one of those situations do as I say it, not as I do. Um, it's worth it to maintain, uh, the cleanliness of your home in terms of, um, because the stuff will last longer, right? If you let things go and you don't clean the outside, your siding, it'll stain, it'll deteriorate. Same thing with inside your home, right? With kitchens and bathrooms and such, uh, paint, uh, all these types of different things. Jody, what's your take when it comes to cleaning and maintaining both the interior and the exterior of your home? Yeah, absolutely. You got to do some basic things around the exterior of your home. The number one most important thing you can do is keep water away from your house. Water is, you know, your body's best friend and your house's worst enemy. Mm. Um, I've had, you know, I've had leaks in my roof. I've had water come up through the foundation. I've had water come in, you know, down the side of the foundation in the basement, all kinds of things. And I've done all kinds of things to get that water out of my house and, and sort of taught myself along the way. Really, really important to keep water away from your house at all costs. Um, even though you're watering your plants and your everything else, um, make it drain away from your house. That's the one thing that I would say is, is really important. And two, you're right, Paul, maintaining those things that especially sit outside your house, um, you know, covering the patio furniture instead of letting the weather get to it, especially if you've got wood patio furniture. Um, you know, it looks nice after one year when it weathers a little bit. And then if you leave it outside and let it weather after five or six or seven years, suddenly it looks like crap. Um, if you don't maintain it, it's, it's going to go away. So figure out what you need to do to maintain the things that sit outside in the weather. Um, I would also say do simple things like making sure that your house is relatively airtight to make sure that you're not overspending on energy, right? And make sure you're, you know, all around your windows and your doors are properly sealed. Um, and the best way to do that is in the morning and the evening when the sun lines up more horizontally with your house, stare at your door, stare at your window. If you can see light around the windows and the doors, you've got a problem. Mm. Um, so, so seal them up. And there's another thing that everyone should have in their house, good stuff. Go into any home supply store and you'll find a can of good stuff. All it is is this little spray foam and it fills up cracks and you can fill something up airtight around a window or a door or anything else. I've used it everywhere. Um, it's great stuff. Sometimes they even recommend sealing around your um, electrical switches and your outlets, mm. actually spraying it around the box, not into the box, but around the box because there's some air, the air leakage that can develop there. So, uh, uh, there's another one, but maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Absolutely. Got to do it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, while we were talking, I did post onto the Facebook page, a tree cutting fails compilation with idiots with chainsaw. Oh my God. So you could take a look up. and just kind there's of a no fun clip. Is there? I don't know. I haven't clicked it yet. Uh, we were on the, on the, uh, on the podcast, but while we were doing this, I was multitasking and, uh, I posted it. So, uh, I, I still have, have some, to look at it. I've had it. some really close calls with chainsaws, like some things where I uh, like, 
I had a close call and in that moment, you're like, oh my God, you're an idiot. You're lucky you still have that toe. Right. You know, I mean, it's seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. And we've used the chainsaw analogy in a couple other ways too. But chainsaws are terrific tools and they are death, literally death in the wrong hands. Absolutely. Um, You need to be really, really, with any kind of these tools. I mean, even a screwdriver, you know, even a screwdriver can kill you (laughs) if you don't, if you don't respect it. Um, so, so be really, really careful when you're using these tools. But it's also an opportunity, too, to teach your kids. I mean, we didn't talk about this uh, much, too. Maybe we should do the, the summary recap here. Maybe this can serve as my summary mm-hmm. recap, Paul. You know, house maintenance, too, is an opportunity not to have the satisfaction, not just to have the satisfaction of you taking care of your house, but also teaching your kids and passing that knowledge along, developing a little of your own knowledge, and then passing it on to them so that they can take that and they can maintain the home that they live in when it's their turn. Um, the, it's the kind of the whole reason, I'm going to get philosophical here, but it's kind of the whole reason that we do this every week, Paul, is to sort of pass along the knowledge that we have to other people, to say, here's what we've done, here's what we've messed up, you know, take it for what it is, and hopefully you have a smoother path than we had. Um, it's the same thing with our kids. We want to make sure that we are passing along whatever knowledge we possibly can to our kids to hopefully let them do a little bit better job than we did. Um, and I think home maintenance is, is one of those things. Yeah, I think it's a great recap. And, and for me, my recap was kind of short. It, it takes work, consistent work to maintain your home, right? Period, end of story, right? You're going to have to put in the time, the money. It could be expensive, but in the long run, it'll, it will, should save you a lot more than you put in if you properly maintain the items within your home, both internally, uh, interior-wise and exterior-wise. So I guess with that, we'll, we'll end the podcast. Uh, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion of today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the financial dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.